You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Oh yeah, we're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, bro? Oh yeah, you got that right, my friend. Bring it on. Nice. All right. <laughs> That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the trend zone. It's Wednesday, November 1st. Dia de los Muertos, mi amigo. Coming to you <laughs> from Los Angeles, California. It is a brutal 85 degrees in the valley. Cooking over oh. here at 78, too. Brutal. <laughs> In today's episode, we'll talk about Captain Kirk setting phasers to stunned. Someone's leaving Las Vegas, and it's not Cheryl Crow. Some of our favorite moves at the trade deadline, and we'll preview all of the games from the upcoming week. Dave, but before we get to that, we don't go into the zone without any tasty nugs. You got that right, and I've got one here for Casey. It is this season. 70.8% 70.8% of all games, that is 85 out of 120, have been within one score in the fourth quarter. And as a bonus nug, three is a magic number. As the Panthers, the Jets, and the Seahawks were all winners after scoring the game-winning points in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. The NFL. Well it's always close. <laughs> always, baby. You can never predict it. That's why we love it. The Trend Zone, the podcast you're listening to right now, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. All right, Dave. We're adding some more people to the all-star, all-injured team. A couple mm-hmm. brutal ones on here. Start with the quarterbacks. Yeah, no doubt. This is a stunner with Kirk Cousins going out with the Achilles tear, uh, Achilles tear, of course, that is season ending. Tough break for him, heading into a free agent uh, situation in the offseason. Sound like O'Connell would like to have him back, though. Uh, wide receiver Drake London for the Falcons, he's got a groin. He won't be back until week 10 in all likelihood. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver for the Commanders, toe injury, no timeline on his return at this point. Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots, he's got an ACL that is, of course, the end of his season, and he was really starting to come on for them. Uh, Darren Waller, your guy for fantasy, and the Giants, of course, nursing along a hammy, and he said it's going to be quite some time. The projection I'm looking at here is week 14, so uh, sit tight, make, make that hammy right before you come back. Yeah, and my point four that I got from him in that game. Is that insensitive? <laughs> fantasy football has brought out <laughs> a whole new level of fantasy. insensitivity. Oh, my God. All right. Well, the trade deadline came and went on Halloween on Tuesday. A couple deals before Tuesday. The Eagles went out and got Kevin Byer, the safety from Tennessee. The Chiefs went out and got McCall Hardman. They brought him home. Um, not a ton of activity on Tuesday, Dave, but a handful of notable trades. Yeah, Detroit um, gives up a late-round pick for Donovan Peoples-Jones, receiver from the Browns. Um, he hadn't done hardly anything, so uh, traded to the Lions in exchange for a 2025 sixth-round choice. How about the Niners trading for Tr- Chase Young to bolster up that already awesome defense in front of them? Commanders give up Chase Young. will be uh, 
in exchange for a third round draft piece uh, pick. So that's a pretty costly one. Josh Drob, Do- excuse me, Josh Dobbs <laughs> goes from the Cardinals to the Vikings for a conditional seventh round, and they get back um, a sixth rounder. Um, so uh, Montez Sweat goes to the Bears from the Commanders, and that will be in exchange for a second round pick. So a pretty costly uh, pick there. And the Bears, of course, are going to have a high pick. They traded a second rounder last year, and it was a really high second rounder. Oh, it was the first second rounder in the draft. Now, it wouldn't be a surprise if they gave up that. I don't know if that one's going to be worth it. How about this one, though, Casey? Seahawks acquiring from the Giants, Leonard Williams. Wow. And yeah. the, the Giants are paying most of the $9 million salary that is due to Williams. And it's a second round pick and a fifth rounder. So the deal with taking that money on and then getting a better draft pick, probably. And here's another one. Bills um, uh, acquire Packers cornerback Rasul Douglas. Um, 2024 fifth round pick to the Bills in exchange for a 2024 third round pick getting back. So um, a lot of different uh, trades there. Oh, and one more. Vikings trade Ezra Cleveland, uh, a young guard, to Jacksonville uh, for just a sixth round pick. So a pretty nice acquisition for the Jaguars who want to beef up that O-line. Yeah, you don't see a lot of offensive linemen traded. You know, yeah, such a valuable position, but I really like that Leonard Williams pick for the Seahawks, man. We'll get into that a little bit Ooh. later in the game. That yeah. defense is starting to come around. But Dave, I don't know if the NFL was listening in on the show last week. We talked about the Raiders said, what the hell are they doing? They finally made a move. And I think um, Raider Nation is rejoicing at this one. Yeah, three and five Raiders on a two-game losing sleep, sleep, uh, streak have fired Josh. Quit drinking on the <laughs> I know. I need a sip of water here. Uh, they fired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, uh, the GM and head coach there, uh, irrespectively, I suppose. Uh, linebackers coach uh, Antonio Pierce will be the interim head coach, and assistant general manager Chip Champ Kelly um, will be the general manager for the time being, both on an interim basis. Kelly and Pierce are only in their second season with the Raiders. So they're on a, obviously an audition basis right now too, but obviously this looks like it could be a full, uh, full tear down and build back up again for the Raiders organization. Yeah. They should have done this stuff ahead of the trade deadline and maybe move some pieces out of there and really got a reset, but that is progress, a step in the right direction. So We'll get into the yeah. Raiders in a little bit too. Um, Dave, uh, they since they changed the touchback rule, giving everybody the option getting at the twenty-five of the fair catch, this thing is catching on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. When we watch all the games, I don't actually feel like we see a heck of a lot of those, Casey. Mm-mm. But overall, the numbers have been impacted significantly um, this year. Seventy-seven plus percent are touchbacks and less than 19% of kicks have been returned. So less than one in five are returned nowadays compared to last season when it was uh, above 59%. So nearly 60% were touchbacks, but 37 and a half percent were returned. So the returned amount is almost chopped in half at this point. And it's definitely like, you know, it's time to go get, you know, a beer out of the fridge or use the bathroom or make a sandwich or whatever. And, Come back when the team's got the ball at the 25, you know? 
they go so heavy on penalties on this thing, a holding or a block in the back, that it's almost not worth it to bring it out. Just take the touchback or whatever, get it at the 25 and start from there. You know, it's. Yeah, and I agree, Casey. You know, we I kind of wish that I could find some statistics on how often when you do take it out, do you get to the 25? Do you get past the 25? Do you not even get to the 25? Like you're talking yeah. about the penalty and you're starting at your own 10. It's even maybe very rare to get the ball outside of the 25 on a return like that yeah it'd be interesting to see that so who knows it's they're moving away from that and you know i guess it's a safety thing so that's okay in the grand scheme of things but dave the hell with touchbacks let's get the games baby we got some previews to get to dave it is week nine my brother week nine yeah it's week nine dude it's slipping away man Dude, we're through the looking glass here, people. After Monday, there are only eight weeks left in the regular season. We're getting to the point of the season where you are what you are. We're in November, and you're right, Dave. This thing is slipping away. Oh, get us started. All right, Thursday Night Football is going to give us the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers at home are favored by two and a half. You're going to cover this one, right? Yeah, and it seemed like the Titans were going to have a fire sale after trading uh, Bayard to the Philadelphia Eagles last week. But then Levis went 19-29, 238, and four TDs in that win versus Atlanta. So D-Hop and the King are still Titans. So, I mean, they're out, but kind of in. And for the Steelers, even with banged-up ribs, Kenny Pickett says he's going to play. The Steelers, minus 34 in point differential, but plus 7 in turnover ratio. And four and three on the year, and two and zero oh in the division. And if the playoffs started today, the Steelers would be the six seed, dude. Oh my goodness! Wow, you just can't. It's a Mike Tomlin, to Tomlin the coaching, yeah. right? <laughs> Crazy talk, man. Wait, all right, bounces. Dave. We are going to Germany. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Up next, it is the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a huge game. This is maybe the best game we've sent over the big pond there, Casey. The Chiefs are favored by one and a half in Frankfurt Stadium. Yeah, I come for the strudel. It's great. (laughs) What isn't great was the Chiefs last week coming off their worst performance in a long time. But do not blame the defense. The Broncos' three touchdown drives on Sunday began at the Chiefs' 39-yard line, the 50-yard line, and the Chiefs' 10-yard line. Broncos' final drive, which ended in a field goal, also began in Chiefs' territory at their 20. Otherwise, the Broncos' seven possessions that weren't on the Chiefs' side of the field, zero points. So Hmm. um, defense is doing a solid job there. The pass rush, a big part of that. They sacked Russell Wilson six times. And all six of those sacks came on either third down or fourth down. So Spags got it cooking over there. Um, Offensively, five turnovers, dude. 0 for 3 in touchdown efficiency in the red zone. 3 for 10 on third down. And besides maybe the greatest tight end in the history of the game, they don't have a go-to receiver. They used to have Tyreek Hill, who said this week he only wanted to use his trade thread as leverage to get a new contract. I'm willing to bet, dude, both he and the Chiefs would do things differently if they could. I'm not worried about these Chiefs yet. I don't even think a loss on Sunday would change my mind, but this is 
a very important game. No doubt about it. I thought you were going to tell me Tyreek Hill this week is only going to hop on one foot and still get 100 yards and two touchdowns. He might. I'm glad you went a different direction with that. <laughs> okay. Now, the Dolphins, Casey, rebounded after their loss to the Eagles with a 31-17 to win against the Patriots. And Miami has continued to lead uh, the league in total offense at f- over 450 yards a game and uh, also in points at almost 34 points a game. Tua has completed a season high last week, 30 of 45 for 324 and three touchdowns with 100 uh, passer rating. And he leads the league in passing with over 2,400 yards and has a passer rating of 108.8 on the season. So doing a great job there offensively. It doesn't stop there, though. He most start as uh, has a NFL leading 10th uh, rushing touchdown last Whoa. week. Tyreek Hill, eight catches, 112 and a touchdown last week. And Waddle, seven catches for a season high, 121 and a touchdown. Even Cedric Wilson, Casey, your former, former cowboy, cowboy, had a touchdown last week too. So as a team, Miami offensively leads the league in scoring at over 36 points a game, total yards, passing, and rushing, all four major statistical categories. Defense a bit below average. And their worst court category is points given up, where they're 25th at over 25 points a game. There's also a very – they're very good at playing with the lead. They're tied for fourth in the league with sacks with a total of 21. And getting Jalen Ramsey back last week was mm-hmm. a pretty good deal as he had an interception in that game. Bradley Chubbs lighting it up there as the linebacker as well with three, uh, three games in a row where he's gotten a sack. So this is – arguably the highlight game of the weekend. And it's going to be set your alarms early, especially on the West coast. Cause this is going to be worth it. Yeah. Potential AFC championship preview. And this counts as a home game for the chefs, even though they're in Germany. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. All right, Dave up next, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons Falcons four and a half point favorites in this one. In Atlanta, not in Minnesota, like the NFC Championship, where Mr. Perfect missed his first oh. field goal of the season. And then oh, Dirty oh, Birds oh. went to the Super Bowl, not the Vikings. 15-1. Brutality, Ouch. Casey. You had to bring that so one back. All right, four and four Vikings on a three-game win streak, having beaten the Bears and the Niners and the Packers. Uh, they would actually be in the playoffs if they started this week, right? Despite uh, starting the season 0 and 3. Unfortunately, big storyline here is the loss of Kirk Cousins for the season. Uh, he was having a phenomenal season 2,300 plus yards, 18 touchdowns, just five picks. And the Vikings, of course, traded for Josh Dobbs, but it looks like they'll probably going, uh, be going with Jaron, uh, Jaron, excuse me, Hall for this one, the rookie. Either way, it's a huge drop off uh, in all likelihood. So TJ Hawkinson has been playing great, six catches, 88 yards in the score last week. He's second among tight ends with 51 receptions and 478 yards this season. And Addison has really picked it up as well in the absence of Jefferson. He leads all rookies with seven receiving TDs and has a TD in four straight games. So they're really on fire. Just losing quarterback is such a bummer. Run game, we've said it over and over again this year. It's been an enormous disappointment. They've gained just over 73 yards a game. That's 31st in the league. Thank goodness for the Raiders. So, but I'll return to that later. Cam Akers, though, did have a, a rushing touchdown last week. So there's a positive spin there on that bad running uh, game. And the Minnesota defense is pretty average at best, but they've got 23 sacks and 10, 10 takeaways on the season. So that's pretty decent. 
Minnesota started off the season in a hole in the turnover ratio, and now they're just they're kind of climbing out of it. They're at minus five right now. Uh, that is still bottom five in the NFL, though. Yeah, um, you know, with Jameis on the bench there in New Orleans, I thought that might be a way to go to try to get a quarterback, and maybe they looked at it. I don't yeah. just see that Dobbs has the firepower that Cousins has. But, Dave, I'm here yeah. to talk about the Falcons, and I don't know who or what these Falcons are. I think we get a much better idea this week, though, after Artie Smith named Tyler Heineke the starter. And Heineke sparked these Falcons last week, and had it not been for a Van Jefferson drop on fourth down, might have led these Falcons to victory. Just too many turnovers by Ritter. I think that's why – um, they're making the move, and the Heineke show will last as long as the Falcons are winning. Currently, four and four in first place with a very manageable schedule down the stretch. So, um, you know, you ride with Heineke while they're in it, and if they fall out of it, then maybe you go back to Ritter to see what you have moving forward. But I think with Heineke, this team can compete, man. Hey, we saw it uh, when he was with the Commanders. He's a gamer. He's a lot of yeah. fun to watch. And the guys in the locker room and the, and the team, they, they clearly responded to his leadership. Absolutely. All right, up next, Casey, is the Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens in another really good game. The Ravens at home are favored by six. Dude, Seahawks alone in first place. And maybe they made the best move before the trade deadline. We talked about adding Leonard Smith from the uh, – Leonard Williams, I'm sorry, from the Giants, dude. Um, they already have an NFL high eight different players with multiple sacks this season. Wow. And don't forget, they just added Frank Clark last week, too. And if you still don't know about Devin Witherspoon, get hip, nerds. This dude is emerging as one of the best corners in the league. Two, boom, LOB 2.0 might just be here. Last week was Seattle's third game with three takeaways this season. They've gone 3-0 in each of those games, and the Seahawks have allowed only nine second-half points and no touchdowns in their last four games. This defense, all of a sudden, they're back, dude. And offensively, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo, back-to-back -back games with the touchdown. Charbonnet and Walker, both lethal backs. And thanks to Russell Wilson, dude, this team has been rebuilt, full of young talent, this is a huge yeah. road test. I can't wait to see how they respond in this thing. I was kind of shocked that they're, you know, uh, plus six in this thing. But the way the Ravens have been playing, everybody yeah. might be uh, plus six against them. Yeah, the six and two Ravens squad on top of the AFC North tied for uh, the top record in the AFC. Uh, they're on a three-game win streak where they beat Tennessee, Detroit, and Arizona. So Detroit and there is a pretty impressive win, and they handled them, right? And – they're, you know, they gave away a couple games early in the season, it seemed mm -hmm. like. I mean, this team could have even a better record than 6-2. and two. Lamar's been playing well last week, 18 of 27, so almost 67%, 157, and a touchdown, no pick. He's playing well in the new Munkin offense, which we were all waiting to see how much it would change and everything, but he's still a running quarterback. He leads the NFL with 380 rush yards uh, on the season, so they're not taking that away from him. They're just giving him maybe time to grow obviously in this new offense and obviously Mark Andrews still is his best guy to go to sixth uh, TD catch of the season last week. That's the most among tight ends. Zay flowers, the rookie uh, has led the team with five catches last week and he ranks second among rookies with 44 on the season and fourth with 461 uh, yards. So he's really been a nice contributor 
Uh, Gus Edwards have has uh, really emerged as the guy here. 80 yards and a career-high three touchdowns last week, and he's going for his third straight game with 90-plus scrimmage yards and wow. a rushing touchdown. So consistently uh, making some yards happen. And Justice Hill also contributing last week with 55 scrimmage yards of his own. So moving the ball very well on the ground. The offense in general is, is pretty solid, not prolific passing. They're just 19th, but they are running well, third in the league at over 140 yards a game. And they do put up more than 25 points a game. That ranks them seventh in points per game. Defensively, the Baltimore Ravens have 31 sacks and 11 Oof. takeaways. But as a team, they're just plus one in the turnover ratio. Remember, wow. I talked about throwing games yeah. away earlier, right? They're, uh, they're first in points given up at uh, just over 15 points a game. So defensively playing real good football, sixth in over yard, overall yards and third against the pass. So a really, really good, solid unit on both sides of the ball, playing physical football um, for Harbaugh and company down there. Yeah, it's a good team, man. Yeah, battle uh, potential. Super Bowl preview, getting ahead of ourselves. But this is a sweet yeah, game, oh, man. Bird well... <laughs> We're lucky to get a Seahawks at Ravens game. Unfortunately, we're also getting uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns game, and the Brownies are eight-point favorites at home. Yep, and these cards have been feisty. Most of their games playing well enough to keep it entertaining, but usually not well enough to win. That gets you one in seven on the season. Their only dick, uh, victory, Casey, no! <laughs> was surprisingly <laughs> against your Cowboys. Um, so they're not a pushover. They can come up and somehow uh, get a win against a quality football team. Uh, Dobbs obviously being traded. Uh, will Kyler May- Murray make his uh, his debut this week? We don't know. Or will it be Clayton Toon? Um, so who, who knows what's going on there? They're keeping it a secret. At four and three, though, on the other side, Cleveland has their own ongoing quarterback situation. Will Deshaun Watson be good to go? Or will it be another start for P.J. Brown? It looks like that's the latter there. He passed for a season-high 248 last week and completed over 75% of his passes. So uh, Cleveland will obviously have to show up, though, defensively, either way, no matter who's playing quarterback for them, as they have all year long. Number one in yards, pass, and on the third down, and giving up less than 20 points a game. So it's a really strong defensive unit. Both teams obviously want to run the ball and play defense and then hope to win the turnover battle uh, and the game. Uh, Arizona's turnover differential is plus one. Cleveland's is minus seven, which is second worst in the NFL. So if there's a way for the Cardinals to kind of keep it feisty and dirty and then somehow win that turnover battle, uh, they might find themselves in this football game. Yeah, and if I'm Arizona, I'm not rushing Kyler back out there, especially against that defense, but for a myriad of reasons sitting there at one. Yes, as we can project ahead into (laughs) springtime next year. All right, Case, moving along. It's the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers are favored by three in this one in a stunning turn of events. (laughs) Yeah, not the star power of years past. These teams are combined five and ten, dude. And I know Sean McVay is a super genius, but I thought it was more Wiley E. Coyote Last week to have Stafford go out for a pass when he was already nursing a a sore thumb. Stafford caught the ball, but he leaned it out on the goal line and hurt that thumb even more. And um, he exited the game soon after that. Um, 
Green Bay wishes it was an injury hampering Jordan Love's play. It's just been mistakes. <laughs> I mean, he's not gotten a lot of help from that receiving core, but he's just got to play better. Um, a healthy Aaron Jones might help in that area. You mentioned they traded Rasul Douglas to the Bills, but they re-signed Rashawn Gary for an extension there. He's been great for this defense. Things could have been a lot different for this team had they drafted to help Aaron Rodgers instead of replace him. Look where they are now. Mm, they even could have had Hurts, but they took love in, in front of him there, Ugh. Casey. Yeah, and they uh, they have mentioned uh, the leadership there for the Packers. These next 10 games are going to be very important for Jordan Love, whatever that means, right? So he oh. better perform. I want to see some Magoo. Give me Magoo. <laughs> All right, Dave, up next, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Houston Texans, and the Texans are three-point favorites at home. Yes, a couple of three and four teams meet uh, with Tampa Bay on a three-game losing streak, and Houston having lost two of the last three. Baker Mayfield trying to reestablish himself as a legit starter in this league, has a bad knee, and is questionable in this game. C.J. Stroud, on the other side, has quickly established himself as an exciting rookie quarterback and has only tossed one interception all season. Neither team can run the ball particularly well, and the overall statistical edge goes to the home, the home team here in Houston, but it should be a close game. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. I hope Bake's okay and they can turn that thing around, but Stroud has been exciting, man. It's, yeah, Houston's playing better than we thought they would. No question about it. All right, up next, it's the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Patriots at home are favored by three and a half in this one. Yeah, and the Commandos look as though they are waving the white flag. You mentioned they shipped out Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They were ranked 29th in total defense and 31st in scoring defense before they got rid of those guys. Woo. I wonder if those moves improved Jonathan Allen's happiness levels. I'm going to guess that it did not. The oh, Patriots, man. they're not good at scoring points, averaging under 15 points a game. And it's not going to get any easier now without Kendrick Bourne. He's done for the year, as you mentioned. Probably no Devontae Parker. I can almost guarantee one of these teams will make a catastrophic mistake to lose the game. Oh, and Sam Howell? He's been sacked 41 times, dude, on pace to be sacked 87 times on the season. Brutal. Ooh, that that will shatter <laughs> shatter the sack record for a quarterback, dude. Man. Oh. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna predict that both teams will make a catastrophic error to lose the game, and one will make another one <laughs> just to top it off. More errors <laughs> than points in that game. Oh, brutal. All right, Dave, up next, we got the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yep, the two-and-six Bears are going to start rookie QB Tyson Bagent for the third straight week uh, for the injured uh, Justin Fields. Uh, he played pretty well uh, in the win versus Raiders uh, two weeks ago when Deontay Foreman had a big running game. Last week, the ground game was largely ineffective, and Bagent mostly threw short safe passes, including 10 completions to Cole Komet for a total of 79 yards, but also did pass two interceptions late in the game when they were, he was trying to get, come back, making, trying to make some plays. Uh, the Saints, they elevated rec their record to 4-4 four and four with an impressive performance, especially offensively, 
beating the Colts 38-27 to last week. And Derek Carr passed for 310 and two touchdowns, no picks in that one for a 133.3 passer rating, playing a nice football game there. Kamara, 110 yards from scrimmage. Rashid Shahid, 153 yards and a TD catch for him. Taysom Hill, Casey, as we both know from our fantasy matchup, had two rush TDs. The Bears are going to need to run the ball in this one and stop the Saints' run, and those things uh, are things they're not good at. So uh, if they can do that, they'll be able to pull it, keep it close, and maybe pull out a win. The Saints' defense, though, is much better than the Bears' defense. Um, fourth in yards, ninth in points, second on third down for the Bears, uh, for the Saints' defense, rather. And as I mentioned, the Saints' offense is hitting on all cylinders. So this one get could get away from the Bears. Yeah, cars seem to getting it going there. Kamara, yeah. it's a it's a pretty talented team, and I think yep. they're going to start like that. Got to start Sunday, though. That's right. Moving to the late slot, Casey, it is the Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. The Colts on the road are favored by two and a half. Dude, all of a sudden, a really nice one-two punch at running back for the Colts with Moss and Taylor. But JT, only one carry in the second half after going 11 for 94 in the first half. I think that contributed to the loss. Colts, 0-5 when they turn the ball over. 3-0 when they don't. Simple formula there. They have to find their pass rush, though. Last week versus the Saints, why did Carr do so well? They only pressured him on four of 28 dropbacks. Too much time back there. Made it way too easy for him. Flip it over. Uh, Rookie Bryce Young hopes to see some of that or lack of that pass rush to help him out. Um, He and the Panthers got their first win of the season last week. Bryce with his first game-winning drive in the NFL Reich, Frank Reich will never say so, Dave, but he would love to get some revenge after he was fired by these Colts last year, despite a 40 and 33 record, dude, with multiple quarterbacks moving in there, man. And the guy never had a chance and was still able to succeed there. He might get some help from NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Frankie Louvu, the linebacker, had 12 tackles, two TFLs, and a sack last week for those Panthers. So, um, you know, little little subtle uh, storylines underneath of what's going on in that game. Yeah, I hear you. The the Ursay firing Reich was just unjust last year, and bringing Saturday in was a mockery of the whole coaching profession, in my opinion. I like Saturday too. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. This revenge may have to wait though for Frank Reich. I think big picture, uh, he's going to be a great coach for the Panthers, uh, but this matchup is going to be a a tough one. We'll see. Yeah. Well, that off- the offensive line getting a little healthier for the Panthers, but still mm-hmm. a lot of work to be done there. So we shall see. All right, Dave. Ugh. Got a couple. Got a couple stinkers on the uh, the week nine slate. We have the New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders are two point yeah. favorites at home. Ooh. Yeah. These are to the point of oh, like train wreck, right? Where you maybe have to look. You know, Ugh. but let's go to uh, let me get in this case. The two and six Giants coming off a super disappointing loss to the Jets that they were winning with less than 30 seconds left and somehow lost. Right. They hope to have Dimebag Danny back for this game. It looks like that's going to be the case uh, at this point. So um, luckily that will be uh, an upgrade. Otherwise, it would have been Tommy DeVito. Uh, uh, I loved him in taxi. And then exactly. twins is great. Uh, 
Luckily, always Casey, sunny in Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I did not. Saquon Barkley had a career-high 36 carries last week for 128 rush yards. Um, that could be the formula that they stick with moving into this week, playing the three and five Raiders. Uh, so uh, there's a chance. But let's talk about the Raiders. They're on a two-game losing streak. And the big news, of course, they just fired uh, Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler. Linebackers coach Antonio Pierce will be the interim, and Champ uh, Kelly will be the general manager. But Pierce has very limited coaching experience. So, I mean, I assume there will be a little boost in morale at that in in that locker room. We'll see. But um, it'll be who knows if that'll pan out to to a W or not. The later the Raiders will start Aiden O'Connell. Uh, to see what they have in the rookie, I imagine, for the rest of the season. And uh, the ground game for the Raiders, though, Casey, has struggled all year. Last week, Jacobs led the team with 88 scrimmage yards and 61 on the ground and had his third rushing touchdown um, of the season, which wouldn't sound terrible, except this is the guy that led the league in rushing last year. And the Raiders are current. He's currently 18th, and the Raiders are currently last in running as a team with less than 70 yards a game. So wow. if you like good offense, then you'll <laughs> likely be offended uh, watching this football game. These are two of the worst offenses in the league, statistically speaking. And the Raiders' um, turnover ratio is negative eight. That is the worst in the league. Uh, I'm just going to recommend you stay at the Mandalay Bay and hit those penny slots during this game. you got a better chance of scoring there. <laughs> up, next, up next, your Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. In Philadelphia, the Eagles are favored by three in one of the premier games. Obviously, the divisional effect here, Casey. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, Dave, you might want to go make a sandwich. I got about a 15-minute monologue here, so, you know, <laughs> do your taxes or whatever. No, the boys have won two in a row, but you would never know it with all the outside noise. Texas Coast offense finally come to life. Going to need more of that in Philly. First, the Rams, Dak, 25-31. That's 80% completions. 304 yards, four TDs, one interception. Dak is now second in the NFL at 71% completions. He's been nice. using his legs more, and that's been paying off in wins. Brandon Cooks, back-to-back games with a TD. But CD is starting to demonate. Or what about <laughs> he's fast like a Lamborghini? All right, I'll work okay. on it next week. Yeah, we need, Either we way, need career work. highs in catches and yards last week, 12 for 158 and two touchdowns. The Philly pass D has not been very good. Maybe that's something the Cowboys can exploit. But as a team, the Cowboys need more from the running game. Easier said than done versus Philadelphia run defense. I do want to see more Rico Dowdle, though. He needs more touches. This team is missing the hammer that Zeke was. But I also feel like this offensive line is kind of work in progress, a new O-line coach this um, offseason coming in, some injuries, some holdouts. It's taking a little time. I think they're going to get there. Special teams was special last week. <clears throat> yeah, blocked punt, Turpin with two huge returns. Defense, Demarcus Lawrence having an under-the-radar kick-ass season, doing a lot yeah. of the dirty work that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Deron Bland showing up on the stat sheet. Marquise Bell's versatility is really paying off for Dan Quinn, especially with Leighton Vander Esch um, shut down for a little while. Micah needs to hunt. Dan needs to scheme him up, be creative. That's a great offensive line for these Eagles. Dak, 8-3 and three 
versus Philadelphia, but this will be the first time he's gone up against Hertz. And the thing that makes me most nervous was how the boys did not show up the last time they had a huge game, specifically the 42-10 beatdown that the Niners put on us. But if they can find a way to win this game, they could go from getting blowed out by the Niners to first place in the NFC East. We say it all the time, this league is nonlinear and it changes from week to week. Why can't the Cowboys get hot and do some work? Let's find out on Sunday. Yeah, let's find out. This is going to be a good one. After beating the, uh, excuse me, after their stunning loss in week six uh, to the Jets, this Eagles team has won two straight, beating the Dolphins in a really impressive win. And then the Commanders to bring their record up to a league best seven and one. Jalen Hurts last week, 29 of 38 for over 76%, 319, and a career tying four touchdowns, no picks, a, a passer rating of almost 136. So pretty phenomenal play there. Continuing his dominant play, wide receiver A.J. Brown became the first play player ever with 125 receiving yards in six straight games. And both Devontae Smith and Julio Jones, the old relic, both had a touchdown last week. So they've got Julio involved. Also running back DeAndre Swift, uh, Swift, his third game, excuse me, his third rush TD of the season last week. He ranks fourth in the NFL with 571 rush yards on the season overall. The Philadelphia is very good offensively, ranking third in yards and in points at 28 points a game, seventh in passing and rushing, and number one on third down at 50%. Remember the brotherly love. Guess what? 41 out of 44 since last year when they started doing it, over a 93% success rate on that particular play. And it doesn't even have to be like really short. You know, Mm -hmm. they can get two yards on that thing easy. Eagles defense is very good, too. Ninth in yards, number one versus the run, but just 26 versus the pass. Hmm, interesting. And 19th in points given up at 21 and a half. So last week they added safety Kevin Byard, and he had seven tackles in his Philadelphia debut. Eagles defense, sixth in the NFL with 25 uh, sacks. So I hope anybody that was with the Titans – that orchestrated that trade of AJ Brown to the Eagles is fired. I hope all of those people are gone because that dude is <laughs> to the bone and I'm going to have to see him for about the next 10 years. So. Yeah. You no, know what? Yeah. I know I just heard somebody say this uh, on a podcast not long ago. We, when we talk about the best receivers in the NFL, he sort of gets left off the list. I think when you start to look at it, uh, what his impact is for this Eagles team since he's arrived there, Casey, he definitely deserves to be part of that conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you're not into big, strong, fast, great-handed receivers that are getting 125 yards every game, then, yeah, maybe he's not on the list. No, I think he is. All right, Dave. uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's enough. Can we stop with the Eagles talk? They're the best team ever. More Eagles talk. Come on over the Eagles. Eagles fly. Nick is listening right now. Okay. All right. (laughs) We're spiraling. Dave, up next, the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals are two-point favorites in this one. Yeah, Bills are 5-3, and haven't beaten the Bucs last week. Josh Allen completed 31 of 40, so that's 77.5% in that one for 324 and two touchdowns with a pick. Pretty nice game. Uh, Rushed also for 41 yards in a TD. Diggs, nine catches for 70. Gabe Davis, a season-high nine catches for 87 in a TD. Khalil Shakir gets in on the action with the career-best 92 receiving yards. 
And then Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, his first TD catch last week. So the offense is absolutely rolling right now for the Bills. It's very good in terms of statistics. Sixth in yards, fourth in passing, and fourth in points at just under 28 points a game. And second best on third down. But they are just above average running the football. So there's the one spot where they're a little deficient. On defense, they're generally above average statistically. Not quite as awesome and dominant as they were really the last couple of years. But the good thing is they are third in points given up. And that's kind of what mostly matters. It's just 17 points a game. They're also second in sacks with 28 and have 14 takeaways. So those are all really uh, good, good statistics to have. As a weakness, they are ranked just 22nd uh, versus run and 19th on third down overall. Uh, the team is tops in net points at plus 86. So they, when they win, they win big. It'll be interesting to see if off the couch in week eight, Lenny resembles playoff Lenny at all. It might take him a little while. They're hoping that he can be that back, but I don't know. Sometimes you're on the couch for a reason, but Dave, let me talk about these Bengals. <laughs> there might be some jitters for both teams as they're returning to the scariest moment in the NFL in a long time. Good with point. the DeMar Hamlin going down last December. Um, so far, that story's turned out really well, as bad as it looked that night. I know that it um, it was just brutal. So we're in a good spot from that. But that might have a little impact on this game early on. But these Bengals, dude, they are rounding into form, man. They spent money and draft capital to rebuild that offensive line. And it was very good last week against a pretty good San Francisco defense. On the ground, dude, 27 for 134. That's five yards of carry against the Niners. They haven't been gashed like that in a long time. And part of the reason for that success was Burrow took a season-high 18 snaps under center. He'd only done that 16 times the whole year. That really helped disguise that rushing attack, and it also helped keeping that San Francisco defense guessing. And Joe Shiesty did the rest, bro. 28 to 32, 283 and three touchdowns. That's 88% completions, dude, against one of the better defenses wow. out there. But that Cincy defense, dude, forcing three Brock Purdy turnovers. Logan Wilson, 11 tackles and one of those three turnovers. He got that interception on Brock Purdy late, just set into that zone. Boom, took it over, kind of put that game away. And I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like something special is happening with these Bengals coming out and beating the crap out of these Bills. will go a long way towards that. Um, it just feels like, man, it is coming together for these guys. A healthy uh, Joe Burrow, man. It's pretty exciting for Bengal fan right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously another game this weekend that ranks up there on, among the top games of the weekend. This one, again, we already mentioned it once, but a potential AFC championship preview, right? These are sick games, bro. Yep, there's a handful of really good games in this week. Casey, next up, Monday Night Football. I'm not going to call this a great game, Casey, but hey, it's on <laughs> Monday Night Football, and everyone's going to tune in and watch it. And it That's does right. feature my Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets. This was supposed to be Herbert versus Aaron Rodgers, but it's not. The Chargers on the road are favored by three and a half in this one. This should be a pretty good football game, though. Yeah, Jets win a very ugly game against a very ugly team last week, but we don't apologize for wins on this show. We do apologize for Jet fan that left the game early and didn't get to see the dramatic <laughs> come from behind overtime win. 
but we'll leave that nonsense up to those guys. We definitely won't be <laughs> rubbing it in their faces. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> this Jets offensive line starting their fifth different combination on the early season. And Monday night, that might get a little tricky as that Chargers pass rush is really starting to get it going. That might make it even harder for these Jets to score points, which they haven't done a lot of. Zach Wilson is playing better. The biggest thing is he's taking care of the football. No interceptions in four of his last five games. And surprisingly, they've won three in a row. Brees Hall, of three in a row with 90-plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Run the ball, play defense. Speaking of, the Jets' defense has forced a couple of the NFL glamour boy quarterbacks into crash landings in primetime at the Met. I don't know if that's going to be bad news for the pretty boy in the powder blues, but Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes combined 439 yards, three touchdowns, and five interceptions. I would be a little bit worried about Herbert's rate of finger if I were the Chargers. And if your offense is more offensive than offensive, it helps to have a great <laughs> punter with the Jets do. Thomas Morstead controlled field position uh, last week. Four punts inside the 20, including three inside the five-yard line. Versus those Giants earning him special teams player of the week in the AFC. Huge game for both teams that are most likely looking at a wild card as their path into the playoffs. The winner is going to stay right in the thick of that. The loser of this one um, it's going to be TBD if they're still going to be in the mix. No doubt about it. And uh, the Chargers, three and four, coming off their most complete game of the season, a dominant win at home on Sunday Night Football over the Bears. Herbert completed his first 15 passes on his way to 31 of 40, 77.5% for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, really nice game. Eckler led the team with 123 scrimmage yards and his first receiving touchdown, his best performance since week one. He obviously missed a handful of weeks in there. and was a little rusty coming back for the last couple of games. They finally got him going. They need him to be a big part of this offense. Uh, Keenan Allen last week, eight catches, 69 yards. Not that many yards there, but those catches are always critical. He always moves the chains, always seems to be open. Even though now that Williams, Mike Williams is gone, he's still he's getting double teamed regularly out there. Mm -hmm. Josh Palmer, the other wide receiver, he's been playing through, playing through injuries, still making plays though. And the Chargers added Simi Fajoko. Uh, I think he Former was cowboy. having a cup of coffee. With the Cowboys, right? Uh, he had his first TD catch. I think it was his, made it made. It, I know it was his first catch as a Charger. It might have been his first catch of his career. Yeah. So keep <clears throat> catching balls and scoring touchdowns. That's a good formula to stick around. How about wide receiver rookie Quinton Johnson for the Chargers? Finally getting involved last week. Five catches for fifty yards, and it seemed like they were finally going to him and moving the chains. And his confidence was growing there. Hopefully, his role continues to increase. Tight end Gerald Everett missed last week. Don't worry, Donald Parham steps up with a season high 43 yards and a receiving touchdown, his fourth of the season. He's a great six foot eight red zone option. And Justin Herbert on the season, fifth best passer rating at 101.1, sixth in passer yards, passing yards per game at 270. Overall, the Chargers offense pretty good. Seventh in yards, sixth in path, passing, ninth in points at just under 25 points a game, just 22nd in rushing. So still uh, not really thriving in the running department. Joey Bosa on the defensive side, his uh, fourth sack of the season last week, right early setting the tone on the first drive. Derwin James had five tackles and a pick last week too. 
The Bolts defense is still terrible. It is 31st in total yards and 32nd versus the pass. And 24th in points given up. But we've played some good football teams along the way. So that, that's mitigating circumstances. No excuses. They are, though, sixth against the run. And they have to find a way to play better against the pass. But in this particular game, being good against the run, like they have been lately, uh, is going to be very beneficial. The Chargers defense has actually very been, been very effective at rushing the passer with 23 sacks on the season. And with one bye, they actually are one of the best sacks per team uh, per game teams in the NFL. The defense has 12 takeaways and the chargers are plus six in the turnover ratio. So a lot of those statistics bode well, like I said, the jets are going to want to run the ball. Like you mentioned, the chargers defense, unlike last year has been up to the task this year, slowing down, not giving up huge explosive plays in the run game and keeping the yards per game uh, per game uh, around three or under. And plus, you know, getting J.C. Jackson out of there, a lot of those yards came early. You mentioned the schedule last couple of weeks have been pretty solid, held the Cowboys to like 20 points, completely yeah. dominated the Bears, healthy Derwin James, Sante Samuel Jr. Hopefully that back end can get connected with that pass rush because they are making yeah. life hell for quarterbacks back there. So I think it's yeah. it's moving to where it needs to be. It's going to be a and good a lot, you know, a lot has to be said for an unsung guy who hasn't been talked about a lot is rookie uh, Tui Tulipolotu, who is really, really very, very effective as a rookie. Uh, both tackles for losses and pressure rate is outstanding amongst the best in the, all edge rushers in the NFL. Yeah, he's been better than you could have imagined uh, here in Southern California. We've seen that guy play a lot. He is a ascending young player. Yep. We did it, brother. So many Woo. ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone now available for subscription for free. It's not going to cost you a dime. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Yeah, Casey, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. Make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. If you're out there surfing the webs, go ahead and bookmark Football Dudes. Dot com. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. We are. What are we, Dave? We are out of here. That's right.